everybody. Welcome back to another episode, a delayed episode. We hadn't been together in like two weeks. Yeah, so. I know. It's been kind of cra- I think summer schedule has just gotten, you know, we've had good intentions, uh, but summer schedules kind of crept in. And uh, if you are listening to this and not watching, uh, we are back to a Zoom version of the podcast today. And so we're recording this through Zoom. And so if you hear any kind of like weird audio things going on, that's why. Uh, but the reason is, is because Jonathan took an extended, luxurious vacation. <laughs> Very luxurious. And uh, went where he shouldn't have gone. He went to the depths of the earth and might have, no, you're, you have no symptoms of the virus, but just in no. case, we're quarantining 14 days. So he gets yeah. another two weeks of vacation on top of his vacation. <laughs> yeah. Well, so me and my wife, we left a couple weeks ago, went on vacation. There was like a week ago, maybe. And, uh, as soon as we got to where we were going, the governor of Kentucky said, Hey, look, if you go to these States, you can't, you got to quarantine when you, if you come back. And that was one of the States that we were in. Yeah. So, uh, Sorry for you, man. Uh, I said earlier, I'll say it again. You made your bed. Now you got to lay in it. Is it lay, oh, okay. in, lay in it or lie in it? I always feel weird saying lie, but I think it's lie. But anyway. It might be. <laughs> Speaking of beds, the we weren't, I mean, it wasn't a luxury vacation. It was a vacation, which was really nice. But we it had like one bedroom and then it had like bunk beds in the hallway, like in the wall. I don't know if you can picture that, but. Kind of like, uh, uh, like a tour bus would or something. Yeah, it's exactly what it was like. And me and my buddies, when I were, when we, when we turned 18, we all went to the beach and we stayed in a beach house and me and one of my buddies slept in bunk beds like that. And so it brought back some pretty good memories. So he did you, did you sleep in the bunk beds? Yes. Oh no, I didn't sleep in the bunk beds. This <laughs> That's week. what I meant this week when you went with your wife. <laughs> my buddy weighed about two thirty probably. And uh-huh. there was a piece of plywood, probably not even an inch separating him and me from the, he was on the top bunk every yeah. night. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Every time he rolled over, I would would be so nervous about that too. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, speaking of, uh, travel, I was kind of wondering, have you been to Israel? No, I've never been. You know, well, I've got a nativity set, like the one behind you there. And I got mine from Israel. I didn't know if that's where you got that or not. It's just like, it looks just like mine. My stepdad got that one from Israel. (laughs) That is pretty neat. I never knew you had that. Yeah. (laughs) If you're listening, there is a, I'm in my bedroom and there's like a uh, nativity set that uh, they do make them in Israel. And every time DJ sees it, he reminds me that he has one in his office. (laughs) It's kind of been just, it happened like, I think two or three times, just kind of as a joke at first. And now it's just like, we got to continue it. Every time I I see that. I think you forgot that you saw it before and you were like, Hey, I have a nativity scene just like that. I was like, I know you did. I've seen it before. Now it's just running. Yeah. Now we got to bring it up every time. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything significant that's happened, uh, at my place since you've been gone. Um, so we didn't record last Monday because I was on vacation. We didn't record the Monday before that because you were in class. Oh yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, that was a whole week of class for uh, my degree. I'm I'm getting a Midwestern. And so, yeah, I was in class from like 8.30 till about 4.30, Monday through Friday. Um, Friday was a little bit shorter, but all the other days. But, yeah, that was an intense week. So, anyway, we had skipped – I forgot we had skipped two weeks in a row. Well, 
Yeah, so this is our third week, and we almost skipped mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, we so. skipped two weeks in a row. Yeah, but anyway, here I we are. I have a lot of fans emailing me. I got some, I got some pretty <laughs> hatred emails saying, hey, when are you guys coming back? I was Where wondering if you had gotten to sign any autographs down in uh, South Carolina when you had gone. No, there, we hadn't made it down there yet. Um, wasn't real wasn't real popular down okay. there. Okay, well, we'll um, have to. But I passed, out, I passed out some cards. So. We'll have to tell your family to spread the word. <laughs> we were actually in Georgia, just for those who oh, were worried. Okay. In, we were in Georgia. We were at Myrtle Beach. That's that's like a that's crazy. Myrtle Beach is crazy right now. We were in Georgia. It wasn't. It's gotcha. crazy. I guess I I'd forgotten where you told me you were going. I knew you were going to the beach somewhere. Yeah. But um. Anyway. Uh. So yeah, we've started a new series since you know I think we were in Philippians the last podcast we had, and so we started. Before, before we jump on that, yeah. let me let me make two things. One, if you're watching. I know I need a haircut, but I'm quarantined now for two weeks, and so I apologize. Number two, we are doing this on Zoom. I can't figure out how to mute my text messages, so if you hear a ding during the thing, just, hey, just roll with it. Um, maybe maybe uh, the Lord will bless us and something will ding when GJ should quit talking. And or maybe like, like maybe like if I'm like thinking and it dings, it's like I got an idea. It's like Oh, that's oh. a good one too, yeah. <laughs> but just know, if it dings, Neither one of us said a bad word. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not a not a censorship there. Uh, so yeah, we are we are in um, uh, Matthew six. We're going through a series right now on the model prayer, or um, as many people know it, the Lord's prayer. And this is actually uh, what we're talking about now um, is our second week into that. So the first week that we missed. We covered the first section of it. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This week, we're going straight into verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. And we talked about over the last couple of weeks, if you haven't heard the um, sermons, I encourage you to go back maybe and listen to those. Um, but we talked about how this prayer in many ways is about um, wrapping our hearts and wills and minds around God's and not even so much as offering petitions to him and saying, God, do this. I, you know, I need you to do this in my life because uh, verse 8 tells us your father knows the things you need before you ask him. So God's already aware of our needs. He already knows what we're going to bring before him and what we need to bring before him. And not only that, um, you know, he's, he's working on these things already, even in our midst. But when we bring these to him, it's an act of faith, of course, um, asking God to be with it. But in a bigger way, it's saying, God, help me to understand your will so I can, you know, wrap my heart around what you want for this situation or for my life or, or whatever. And so this week is give us today our daily bread. I'll let you uh, kind of talk about it as you do. I don't want to steal your thunder there. <laughs> no. One thing that I thought is really cool over the past two weeks, and you might have had this realization, whether in your studying or maybe you thought about this before, but when you said, let's do a series on prayer, um, I immediately thought, okay, he, we're going to get some tidbits on how to pray better, how our prayers should look. But really, what I've got from the past two weeks is kind of um, our prayers should reflect in the way we live. And like we we've learned some things about how to approach God and how to how to live. Like I remember um, the, on the first week we talked about when we pray for His kingdom to come and what that means. And really, um, 
that's a lifestyle we should live, not just a prayer that we pray, but a lifestyle. And so I've kind of learned that over the two weeks is that our prayer life should really reflect how we live. Um, and I wasn't really thinking about that when you started this series. Um, but I'll go ahead and get to your points. We were in Matthew 6, uh, 11 um, this week, and we had three points. And I'm just going to read them real fast. It is, Father, I acknowledge that my provisions come from you alone. Father, I believe you will take care of me. Father, I trust you and ask only for just enough. And I think that, especially on that third point, I don't know if we need to do it right now, but I think we need to address where that came from uh, because I think the first two are obvious. Acknowledging our provisions come from God, come from the idea of, of give us. We're asking God to give us something. So obviously, and especially talking about food, uh, we know that provisions come from God. Secondly, um, we not only acknowledge that we believe that he will provide this in saying, give us today our daily. It's an idea of like, we're praying this kind of, uh, you know, I know it says daily bread, but we'll talk about how that actually means a little bit more. But today it's like a, a daily thing that we're praying together uh, and praying this every day. So it's like when we go to God, we know that he's going, uh, that he's able to provide everything comes from him and we believe that he will. Uh, that's why we're going to them. But then finally we get to the idea of daily bread and there were a lot of kind of ideas wrapped up in that. Uh, do you want to talk about that now or later? I didn't know kind yeah, of how this structure was. Um, so anyway, the idea from daily, uh, we talked about how it has like multiple definitions that go into it and there's no really good English word to describe what's being taught here. Uh, and so we pulled the idea from uh, uh, the like, the Greek interpretation could be necessary bread, daily bread, kind of uh, bread for tomorrow. These are ideas that could be wrapped up in this Greek word. Um, with this being a Jewish audience, we look back to their history. Many of them would have known of manna and how God provided that daily, uh, that bread from heaven. Um, but also, he only gave them just enough for what they needed for that day. Also, you look throughout the Bible, uh, especially uh, the Old Testament, which many of these hearers of Jesus would have been familiar with, as well as in previous teachings we talked about uh, through Come to Him, talks about Matthew was written to a Jewish, Jewish audience. Um, so when you think about uh, the Jewish people, they would have been familiar with manna. They would have also been familiar with the, the brevity of the entire uh, Old Testament. And so when you look at that, there really aren't any prayers asking God for food because the, the Jews believed based on what God had done for them through the wilderness, that he would be faithful to provide those things. And in fact, Matthew six thirty three, Jesus tells us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be uh, provided for you. Um, so we know that that's something that Jesus taught. We look at Proverbs 30 verses eight and nine, and we see a prayer for food there. And it's asking God to only give us just enough for what we need, not too much, not too little, because the temptation of the human heart, if we get too much, is to say, well, I don't need God. I've got all of, all of this stuff anyway. Uh, if we get too little, the temptation is to take things into our own hands and say, I don't, you know, I, I can't trust God or I'm not going to wait on God to provide, so I'm just going to steal or I'm just going to do this or do that and kind of take it into our own hands to provide for ourselves. So the idea is in praying for daily bread is daily necessary um, or what is needed for that day. Um, and so that's kind of where that uh, third point came from there. 
you talked about this in your sermon at the very beginning. Um, and this is things that me and you have talked about before. Um, but it, I think it's just so cool when you start to study scripture, how just like this one sentence, I think you mentioned to me um, in a phone call earlier this week that somebody said, I've never heard a sermon on one sentence. But when you get this one sentence that you can just study and like this sentence led us to the Exodus um, that I just think is really cool how it's just a puzzle and it all kind of connects. And um, I think that's one thing that God showed us that was really cool uh, this week. And we fortunately, and, and you should too, get really a lot of joy out of studying that way and studying your Bible and seeing what things mean and how they connect. Yeah, I think for us, you know, we have to put the pieces together for them in that day, they would have already known this. It's kind of like, you know, I was explaining somebody, something to uh, someone the other day. If um, Let's say that, that the Apostle Paul lived today and he was writing to the church today. And let's say that he wrote, uh, to show your love for one another, wear a mask uh, everywhere you go. And let's fast forward, let's say, you know, let's say the Bible is written today, 2,000 years from now, Christians are trying to read it, figure out what it means to show your love for one another, wear a mask everywhere you go. And it's like, okay, should I do this? Should I not? And so, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, that's why we have to kind of put ourselves into the minds of the hearers of the original audience, all those kind of things, especially when you're talking about things that would be understood culturally from them and what they were going through and all that versus today. Now, you know, I, there's a lot of the Bible that's very straightforward that doesn't need that kind of lens necessarily to uh, understand it. But in moments like these, that's definitely helpful. Yeah. Um, so we talked about in point one, um, says, Father, I acknowledge that my provisions come from you alone. And we've kind of talked about this in weeks previous, especially in the Philippians. I think it was the last, maybe um, before the last one, the two before that, when we talked about um, worry and peace, but then we also talked about um, finding contentment in Christ. And so it kind of revolves around that. But my question here is, what are some attitudes that we have toward God that make this idea uh, difficult to understand or to agree with, that he is the provider, um, that our provisions come from him alone? What, what, what ideas do we have about God that make that difficult to understand? I think one of the, um, the uh, to me, the biggest obvious one is not, even not so much, well, it affects how we view God, but first, how we view ourselves. I think we view ourselves in a very prideful way. Uh, and I think our pride gets the best of us in many areas and things that we don't even understand. Um, you know, it, it's always been said, of course, that pride is is the kind of the root of all sin. You can trace it all back to pride in, in many ways. But when you think about pridefully viewing ourselves and thinking, I'm providing for myself. I'm in charge of everything. I And I mentioned this Sunday, I create my own destiny kind of thing. And it's my money. I own it all, blah, blah, blah. Um, that obviously is going to taint how we view God because we're going to be viewing him through a lens of I'm in control. Therefore, we view God through that lens. Like, since I think I'm in control of everything here, God, in a sense, I'm in control of you. Now, we wouldn't say that. But in how we pray, we reflect that because we say this, 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 this. I want this, that, and that, and that. And we offer these petitions to God. And then we get ticked off when he doesn't answer as soon as He want, as we want him to or in the way that we want him to. We're like, well, why doesn't God answer our prayers? I thought I was in control here. Uh, I thought that God was supposed to jump whenever I say jump. 
And I'm glad that you said we would never say that because that's kind of where I was getting with that question is, hey, like self-reflect, what attitudes do you have? Not really what words do you say, but what attitudes do you have? So I'm glad you said that. We would never say that, but we act like it. Yeah. And, and really kind of, we say it without saying it in our response. So again, whenever we come to this prayer, so much of this is really about us coming to the understanding of who God is and how we respond to that, not just in our prayers, but how we live. And so give us today our daily bread. You know, we read that and we think, okay, on the surface, we look at that. That sounds pretty demanding, you know, like God, give us today our daily bread. You have to do this. But whenever you actually look at it, what are we saying? First, we're saying, God, we understand that you're the provider. Because if you don't do this, we're not going to have our daily bread. Um, and so that should be humbling instead of building up our pride. That should humble us to go to God and say, we can't do this without you. And I mentioned Sunday that his hearers here, primarily the culture there was uh, very agrarian, a lot of farmers um, in that time. And, uh, of course they could have, if they looked at it the wrong way, thought, well, I work the land and I take in my crops and I store them in the barns and I do all of this kind of thing. But Jesus later on, and I mentioned Sunday, he addressed this whenever he says, uh, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, drink, what you're, what, what you will wear. And then he says, consider the birds of the sky, Matthew, uh, six They don't sow or reap or gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them. So he's like, all this work that you're doing, sowing, reaping, gathering into barns, like understand that's not even necessary to have needs met mm-hmm. because God even, he meets to know the needs, excuse me, of those who uh, don't do that, the birds and all that. Like, so yes, we see in scripture, we are commanded to work. Obviously, uh, that's one of the commands that, God's given us and he wants us to work for his glory and all those kind of things. But as we do, we can't claim credit for it. And so, uh, you know, God is provider. Uh, he asks us to work hard. He asks us to, to do these things for his glory. But at the end of the day, he gives us, um, he provide. he's the one that provides for those needs, not us. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think, um, I think <clears throat> a lot of times, and especially to believe and acknowledge that he's going to take care of us. We forget that he's sovereign. We forget, and we've talked about this many times, but we do, we forget that his plan is perfect, um, that his will for us is perfect. Um, and we don't, we don't submit to that. We don't only acknowledge it. We don't submit to it. We don't say, God, you are sovereign. Um, and once again, we may not say that with our mouth, but our attitudes reflect that. Um, and I think that could really, hinder us from from believing that he'll take care of us believing um that he will because sometimes it doesn't look like what we would think his plan and and the way that he provides our daily bread doesn't look like how we would um think it would look and we're we're too often we forget that i was having a conversation with somebody um we did actually stop in south carolina on the way to georgia and i was having a conversation with somebody and they said that um they were out doing some ministry um, and somebody told them, they said, look, the world is just falling apart and it's, it's unraveling is what they said. And this guy told him, he said, look, it's not unraveling. He said, it's just unfolding. This is literally God's sovereignty. This is his plan taking place right now. And we often forget that. We often think that, that we can change everything or that we even should. Like um, you, you, you were preaching two weeks ago and you talked about how um, some people may view that all this thing's happening is, is um, 
is counting down to the end, which it is, um, um, because every day we're getting closer to the end, um, and that we should somehow try to stop that instead of just letting God's sovereign plan happen. Um, and so I think we, we forget that. Our attitude towards that is um, we, we don't treat him as sovereign. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, again, that goes back to uh, maybe our pride on that, that we think that we're above him and that, and, and we even use it in our terminology a lot of times. And we have to be careful whenever we say like, we allow God to do something, you know, we, we don't, we submit ourselves to God and he, he works in our lives, but God doesn't need our permission to do anything. Um, and that, I think, again, the idea of your father knows the things you need before you even ask him that even points even more so back to his greater, like greater knowledge. And I think the thing is like, he knows the things we need, uh, not just before we ask him, but he knows the things we need that we don't even know that we need. Mm -hmm. And, um, that just, again, points back to how great and awesome he is. After you finish your sermon on, uh, on Sunday, this is, one thing that you learn in preaching, but you should also learn and listen is, Hey, how does this, what does this message matter? What matters? What he just, what GJ just said? Um, what does it matter? And one question I had, um, because you answered that, uh, in your sermon, one, one question I had after it was over is I thought what fruit can or will come from my life by praying this sentence or having this attitude and praying this prayer. Yeah. And, and give us today our daily bread again, uh, not just that, but we have to, as you're praying it, reflect on what, what it means. Um, you know, we're saying, give us, provide us, Lord, we're relying on you. We believe that you will our food, even something basic as our food, but we trust in you so much that we're not going to ask for excess. We're going to ask for just enough. And so in thinking about that, how, what kind of fruit comes of that in, in our lives? I think one big thing, and I'll just do like a super very applicable thing that I thought about this week. I didn't mention it, uh, in the sermon and I had, I had previously considered mentioning it in the sermon. Um, I was just kind of still thinking through it, but I think if we really believe this, our lives would look much different over the past three or four months when we have gone to perhaps the grocery store and we bought an excess amount of food, stocked it up in our freezers, we have to at least pause and ask, why are we doing this? Now, I think first of all, you know, it, it's one thing to put food in. Like, I don't think God expects from this verse that we say, okay, I'm going to go to the grocery store every day because I'm only going to get enough for the day. I don't think that's the application. I do think, though, that we have to stop and ask ourselves, are we buying in excess? Are we hoarding this up because we're afraid that we're not going to have food at some point? And if we're afraid of that, then we do we really trust God that he's going to provide and that, that he'll come through and meet our needs? Um, so I thought through that a little bit, like because, I mean, quite frankly, I think that um, there were a lot of people, a lot of Christians, who stocked up out of fear that they weren't going to have food. Um, can you extend this to toilet paper? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can go that far, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I think that a lot of, again, 
our daily response, the fruit that we'll see in our lives, not just in praying this, but in coming to trust this and believe this, I think that, that we will see certain times like in these moments that we've had that perhaps fear that would have normally set in that we would count on God and have faith in him. Now, here's the big thing. The reason the Israelites had faith in the Lord is because they had proved him. He had proved himself to them. Initially, when you look at the story of manna, they didn't try, like they got too much and they rationed it and they made sure they, and it rotted. God made them trust. And when you think about that, I think sometimes God puts us in positions that maybe if we don't have faith, if we don't have trust, he puts us in positions to make us learn that. And sometimes it's difficult situations, but he puts us in situations where we are made to learn. And so maybe for you, as you look back over the past three or four months through this time and you look at, hey, I stockpiled, I, I just hoarded up food because I was scared. And to be quite honest, I'm still eating off that food because I had it. I had food. Um, I, I think it's something that, uh, that you have to consider maybe what God has taught you through that. Uh, another thing that one of the church members brought to my attention this week and just kind of asked me about, you know, how does this verse correlate when we have, you know, we go home and we, and this is what this church member was saying, you know, I, I went home Sunday morning, had a big lunch Sunday. And as I sat there, you know, I, I thought about give us what is necessary. And I had all this nice food to eat. And there were people, people around the world who didn't have that kind of food. What kind of response should we have when we as Christians have been given more than enough and there are people who don't have need? I think a couple of things that we have to do to respond. First of all, obviously, if we have, if God has decided that when we say give us what we need or give us enough, that our enough or our need, he's going to give us even more in excess. Um then we have a responsibility as Christians to think, how can we give some of that? I mean, we as Christians should be generous, but even more so if we have more than enough, right? And so how can we respond and, and say, I'm going to give uh, some of what God has blessed me with? Um, maybe give to those in need, and maybe through your giving is how God's plan to supply the need of someone else is going to come about because he's going to use you through your giving. But secondly... We have to remember that this promise to supply the need, as we look at Matthew 6.33, come to those who seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So ultimately, the greatest need that people have is not food, but the gospel. Because when they believe the gospel, then they have this promise attached to that, that if they seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, their needs will be met. And so, yes, we take the food, we share the food with the main purpose and main reason to share the gospel uh, because that is the true need of people, whether they realize it or not. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> you said a lot there. I don't know if I got anything else left to say. Well, I, I know I kind of expounded there, but no, those, those no, were no, a couple I, things I think... that, that kind of hit me this week that I thought, well, yeah. that would be good to share on top of, on top of what I said Sunday, but. 
Yeah, and I think it was, and I think that's one reason this platform's here is for you to do that. Um, when I started thinking about after I asked this question, I immediately thought that peace, peace would just be a fruit that overflows from us if we say this prayer. But then I thought about, too, joy. Think about how much joy we could have if we honestly said this prayer. Think about how much time we spend, um, not just now, but even before, um, back in January and February, how much time we spend a week worrying or stressing. Think about how much time we could actually be joyful if we trusted this prayer. Think about how kind we would be. You talked about buying up all the groceries. There, there were plenty of people that probably went without toilet paper um, because other people weren't kind because they were buying it all and hoarding it all for themselves. And I just thought, man, there would be so many, there would be so much fruit if we did, if we trusted and honestly said this prayer that God, you're going to take care of us. Um, peace and patience. Think about patience. Think about how many people are nervous right now and being impatient and rushing to Sam's because, oh man, they got beef. I got to get there now. <laughs> um, you know, and seriously, think about how, how much more patient we would be if we could just trust God. Hey, look, he's going to give me what I need today. It's going to come. And I, I think some really good fruit will come from our lives if we can sincerely and honestly trust and pray this prayer. Yeah. And if you think about, and I, I do want to add on one extra thing here that as you think about Jesus on down in, in Matthew six out as he uses the birds as an example, they don't sow, reap, gather into barns, right? But their food is available for them, but yet they still have to like, go get it. They still have to work for it. They still have to do those things. Like they're not, you know, let's say, um, for instance, we have a bird feeder in our backyard. We put food out for the birds. Uh, they come there every day to get it. Um, they're not taking the seed back with them and storing it up. They come there every day to get it. Uh, but if we didn't put it out, they would find it somewhere else. It's there for them. And they're not, they're not the one making the food, uh, but they're finding it because God is supplying their need. The same is true with us. We're not called to just sit back and say, well, I'm not going to go to work. I'm just going to sit at home and, and, you know, food's going to show up on my doorstep. Uh, you know, God has called us to live for his glory and to work for his glory and to, to put forth our effort. But through that, God blesses in many ways. Um, and I think that as we, again, God is faithful as we seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness in our lives and live in the way that, that he's called us to live. And, uh, of course, again, that includes working hard. That includes uh, being generous, that includes all of those things that go around in that. So, um, again, I encourage us, all of us, yes, God is faithful, but we are to live in faithfulness as well uh, in that. Good stuff, man. We're going to do a uh, Zoom again next week, and then we'll be back together. Yeah, I, uh, I know that uh, the last two weeks or so. I've kind of missed this. I felt a little rusty today at first, but. So I was telling my wife last night. So uh, if you're not familiar with our church, we do have a, uh, me, GJ and, uh, and Ken Vincent, he's the music pastor. He was on vacation a week before you went to class Yeah. and you went to class and then I went on vacation and now I'm quarantined. I told Ariel yesterday, my wife, I said, I just miss my buddies. I haven't <laughs> seen my buddies in so long. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, it's been like for me, like I said, it's the last couple of weeks I've been out then other people have been out and we just kind of haven't really crossed paths as much. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
and mostly, you know, usually when folks are on vacation, obviously we leave each other alone. So I haven't even really talked to you in the past week or so. No. Mm-mm. And then the week before that, I was in class most of the time. So we didn't really even we talk didn't that week. So. I know, man. I've been lonely. <laughs> well, you'll just have to stay well and uh, hopefully be back soon. No more traveling. Yeah, that's right. Well, the summer's wrapping up, so we don't have a whole lot more time for that, I don't guess. But uh, anyway. Yep. We'll see. Uh, I guess we'll see everybody. We'll try to shoot for this early next week, like normal. Um, no yeah. promises, though, since it's the summer. But we've tried that. We've had good intentions all the last few weeks. But uh, anyway, our yeah. goal will be early next week for the next one. So, and uh, thank you for uh, being patient. I think my phone only went off twice. So yeah, it did. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. You all have a good week. All right. See y'all later. This has been a presentation of Come to Him Ministries. We thank you for listening and hope you have been blessed. Come to Him is the teaching and preaching ministry of G.J. Farmer. For more resources that will help strengthen your faith, visit cometohim.org.